0: Terms and conditions apply.
3: You are listening to the Dan Patrick show on Fox
4: sports radio. Final hour in this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick show. We will take you to the sec meetings in Florida. I guess everybody's playing nice. That's no fun. Nick Saban, probably under orders, not saying anything to, uh, fire things up any more than he already did with Jimbo Fisher. But, uh, Jimbo Fisher doesn't want to talk about Nick Saban. Man, that sets up that October game. And as I told you, when this first started, I reached out to DraftKings. And I said, can you give me the point spread right now? And they said 16 and a half Alabama favored over Texas A&M. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Father's Day, we got you covered, danpatrick.com. A lot of great things there. Go there. A lot of things on sale. Also, Peacock, our streaming partner, is going to bring you the uh, U.S. Women's Open. That'll be coming up with our coverage Saturday at 3 Eastern on NBC. And Peacock. More than a dozen PGA Tour players, including two-time major winner Dustin Johnson, are included in the field of the first Live Golf Tournament. That'll be held next month outside of London. A list of 42 players in the field released by the Live Golf uh, folks on Tuesday night. We did reach out to the PGA Tour. We wanted to see if their commissioner would join us. Jay Monahan, Uh he uh, declined. They did send us a note saying that they would be sending out a statement shortly and then followed up by saying, stand by dot, dot, dot. I don't know what they're going to respond to. How they're going to respond, what direction do you go in? Uh, are you going to uh, punish these players who play on this uh, Saudi back tour? You don't have big names aside from Dustin Johnson, but Greg Norman is heading this up. You have players like Taylor Gooch, Matt Jones, Hudson Swafford, Brooks Kepka's brother, Chase, is going to be. On.
5: <laughs> Hold that pause a little longer. Yeah,
4: I know you have to. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the PGA Tour can say, we're going to penalize you, but then that also penalizes the PGA Tour. If uh, you want to have Dustin Johnson play, then is he going to be able to play? Are you going to allow him to play? Or are you going to punish him and say, no, you're not allowed to play in certain events? Or you're going to be banned. Uh, so we'll wait for that statement. Uh, standing by, of course. Poll question, Seaton: what do we have for the first two hours?
6: Well, Dan, we did uh, a poll question on the Live Tour, okay. um, and if you would play in that, if you were a professional golfer, 70% say no. Uh-huh. Now, we've got another one that's a little bit out of left field, but it's a discussion that I had yesterday, and someone was vehemently on the opposite side of me. Do you prefer air conditioning or open windows and a house fan? Open windows in a house. Yeah. Like some fans to like get it going. Or do you close them up and put air conditioning on? Yes.
5: What, what Paul? There's some caveats here. Are we talking nighttime? What, what level of heat are we talking
6: about? 80s, 90s. We're talking that this is what you're committing to for the spring, summer, fall season. Is it uncomfortable weather? It's whatever weather you
4: currently live in. Okay. I'm not an air conditioning guy. Um, uh, probably four days out of the year, I could see using air conditioning. Really? Yeah. Don't like a AC at all.
5: Yeah, Paul. I, I think some people in this room and others shut once it hits eighty, they shut the windows for the summer and mm. just pump the air conditioning. Yeah, I'm. I'm like you. I, air conditioning makes me sore
6: throat and. Yeah, I'm not big on it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We have um, central air in my house, but then we also have. Uh, like what's called a whole house fan and it comes out of your, um, attic. Yeah. And if you open up the windows on the floors and then you turn on the whole house fan, it sort of generates a breeze through the whole uh, house, which is awesome. It's really, really nice, but it also sucks in like pollen and all of that stuff Mm.
5: that you don't really want in your house. Yeah. I don't worry about, I don't have any allergies. Yes. Yes. Paul. I'm reading online. They advise if you're in a hot weather area, like normal hot, not like, you know, you Arizona hot, like, You leave your windows open at night and get the cool air in and then shut it in the morning around 9 a.m. to trap the cool air and then keep the heat out during the day. If you leave your windows open all day, it'll heat your house during the day.
6: Mm. There are people of a certain generation who very much believe in that. Because I once worked for a guy at a pharmacy who was in his 80s, and it would be 110 degrees outside, and you went into his house, all the windows were closed, all everything, still had a tie and suit and tie on. Mm. Dang, dude. Yes, you, Mike? It, yes, Todd.
7: But after a hot day, forget about the house. What about you're on vacation and it's a hot day? You're at the pool and everything. You're all sweating. There's something to be said for going into your nice, cool, air conditioned hotel room.
4: But that wasn't part of the question.
7: Okay, well, I'm asking you then. What about the uh, hotel room? How do you feel about it? And if, if it had a ceiling fan, would you go ceiling fan or air conditioned? How about we move on? It's really hard to get
5: a cross breeze in a hotel room because rarely do you have four sides in your hotel room. That's yeah, accurate.
6: And unless you have the door open and then the window open.
5: Which is a safety hazard with people it just could walking be. in your... People walking by, yes.
6: I always knew of singers like... uh it Aretha Franklin, who was famous for no air conditioning? You had to have... Uh, there was a singer who was very famous about... She didn't like the way that it um, affected her vocal cords while she was performing, so there was no air conditioning allowed. I didn't realize there were so many other people who were also just vehemently anti-air conditioning. Yeah,
5: yeah. I, I know a producer who used to work on Letterman's show, and Dan, you know Letterman's studio was ice cold... Some bands would, would, high-end bands would say, can you kick the air conditioning off while we're there and while we're practicing and performing? And it was constant battle.
4: There is no studio colder than David Letterman's. (laughs) None. I'm going to guess 42 degrees, maybe. And, you know, you can't wear your winter coat when you walk out there. But everybody on, you know, the stagehands, they would wear heavy coat winter coats. And they would wear them during the show. But Dave loved it really cold. Audience stays awake. You know, guests stay awake. But I remember the first time I went in there, I'm like, damn, it's this cold. And then I would dress. It could be a summer appearance on Ledman, but I would wear a winter uh, sport coat or suit, suit and tie. Because I knew it was going to be really hot outside, but really cold inside. Yes, Tom?
7: Are the lights that bright on the Letterman set, from your experience, where he'd be concerned about sweating or have to constantly be uh, dabbed down? I don't think so.
4: I don't think so. I I never felt that. I mean, I I was hoping that there would be some warmth in there, including warmth from Letterman. (laughs) Never got any warmth from Mm, Letterman either. not happening. Cold everywhere. You know what? I never understood that. That I, I loved watching Letterman. Big Letterman fan. And then I was on there and it didn't go well. Like we just didn't, we never connected ever. And then, you know, but his producers would say, Dave loves you, man. I go, there is no way. That's the producer line. Yeah. Trust me. So the last, (laughs) the last week of David Letterman's career, I get a call from one of the producers says, Dave wants you to be part of the final week of his shows. I go, get out of here. And they said no. He wants you on. So I I go there and I I, I say to my wife because my wife knows it's it's always cringeworthy when I would go on there, and and uh, I said you know what I'm going to take control and just ask him questions, and and I did, and I just like you know kind of returned fire on him to make him answer the questions because he would always ask me why don't they use two footballs in a game. And he thought this was a great question. And I never had a great answer. And he'd go, why don't, why don't they have two footballs there? And I go, I don't know. But a lot of times, they'll tell you, okay, uh, here are questions. Give us your answers. And then they would take them back. And then the writers would come up with great lines. Or Dave would have a great line. and But they knew what I, my answers were going to be. Well, Dave would always have a wild card or two where he would – Say something, and then you'd go, uh, we didn't discuss this. And, uh, but he was famous for doing that. But I was watching him do an interview. He's got his interview show. You know, uh, what's the title of it? My Next Guest Needs No Introduction. And he gets great guests on there. And, uh, you know, very inquisitive. Uh, Julie uh, Louis-Dreyfus was on. So I watched that last night. And uh, I just, it brings back bad memories when I sit there with Letterman. Because his desk was always higher. This is a game that's played where, you know, if you're the guest, your your chair is lower. It's where you're going to be the alpha.
6: That's a popular host thing to do.
4: Yes, and it's it's silly, but I my chair is higher than yours. I'm speaking down to you, and uh, I just I loved Letterman. I just didn't like being on Letterman show.
6: But he asked you to be on the last week. I know, but I, I don't know why. That's a That's like a major honor. Of, hey, this I don't Last week, a guess. I want him to be one of those, you know, nine people or whatever See, it is.
4: I honestly think nobody told Dave. <laughs> I, I, I honestly think. Like nobody. Dustin
5: Hoffman canceled or something? That I, one somebody
6: it. Somebody had to. A couple of people had to cancel. Or maybe he just wanted one last <laughs> shot awkward. at Awkward, like, yeah. you know who I really just love yeah. messing with? Patrick, yeah. get him on. I just need one last turner. And I was there in the green room. So
4: this is the on-deck circle for Letterman. So the green room is about 20 feet away from the stage. And I'm there, and I'm waiting. I got my mom. I flew my mom in from Ohio. And she's there, and Farrah Fawcett is on. And Farrah Fawcett all of a sudden, the interview goes off the rails, but in a way that Dave wants to continue the interview. And when Dave said, we'll be back with more from Farah after this, I said to my mom, I said, I'm bleeped. And she goes, what do you mean? I said, I'm not going to be on. I said, somebody's going to walk through that door in about 10 seconds and say, we're going to have to rebook you. And they came in in probably five seconds. And they said, we're so sorry. I said, yeah, I know. And I, you know, I kind of whined and moaned and Dave sent me a tray of meat. So cold. He sent me a whole thing of steaks and sent it to ESPN. And then he put a note. He said, stop being a woman.
5: (laughs) (laughs) That worked out pretty well for you. you. Didn't have the awkward experience and you got a
4: plate full of meat. Yeah. But then he called me, said, stop being a woman. And I was like,
8: all right. Yeah, Marv. My real question is you can curse. You were able to curse in front of your parents. Well, my mom
4: at that age, I could.
8: Yeah. I'm waiting for that age. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm really screwed. Sorry, mom. What?
1: <laughs>
4: well, my mom would always go, Danny. Like, if I ever said something like that language,
8: Danny. Oh, don't worry. I got some real trouble with my mom in front of my son for saying something not nice about a family member. Marvin Terrell
4: you know, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. hey, hey, they go middle name you're in trouble yes Stephen O'Connor
6: I just had a, a similar but opposite experience where I had cursed in front of my son and I was like oh dude sorry about that and he was like dad do you have any idea how much you curse in front of me <laughs> and I was like I do yeah and he was just like yeah dad all the time and I had no idea because I was trying to be very conscious of it and he was just like why are you apologizing for this time
4: Well, we don't give them credit like we should. It's like my wife said, hey, you got to have that talk with your son. And I said, okay. And I think he was 12. And and so I said to my son, I said, we need to go down to the basement and have a talk. And he goes, okay. So we walked down to the basement. My wife's upstairs in the kitchen. And then I said to my son, do you need me to have the talk? He goes, no, but let's stay down here long enough that mom thinks that you're having the talk with me. So we just sat and we were talking, probably about the Packers or the Red Sox or something, and then uh, walked back up. and My wife goes, "How did it go?" I went, "Really well." No, he's uh, he's really a mature uh, young man. (laughs) Like I didn't want to have that. (sighs) The talk. Did you have the talk with him? Yes, I had the talk with him. Yeah. (laughs) My parents. I never
6: had the talk with my dad. No. No. Back then, me neither. There was no talk. They, my parents signed a permission slip for uh, like seventh grade or sixth grade or something, and then that's the school gave the talk. <laughs> oh yeah, that's how I got that. Really? And then, then the next time that I got the talk was going to my senior prom, and the only thing my dad said <laughs> to me was, "You treat her like a lady." <laughs> so okay. See you later. <laughs> that's what it. Those that that's, are that's, that's the only two talks that's possible. I forgot the other talks, but I have no idea. Treat her no like a lady? Oh,
5: 1957?
6: You yeah. hey, treat her like a lady. Here's
4: 10 bucks, Bucko. Show her a good time. That's Isn't that a song? Treat her like a lady? Um, what was it? Health educate? We, we yeah. didn't have a
6: sexual education class. I don't yeah, think. Like did? health ed. Sex yeah. ed? Oh, health did. ed. But was it called sex ed? I think it was, yeah. And you had to bring the permission slip home and, like,
4: oh, get I it know. signed. Oh, oh my god! Oh, I know. Yeah. And then, they're like, hey, it's, uh, today we're doing reproductive organs. I'm like, okay. I bet you are. Yes,
5: Todd.
7: Or it's like some old, outdated, black and white movie that they show you. Sometimes boys and girls like each other more than just friends.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Heavy petting.
4: <laughs> this can lead to this.
6: Yeah. What's yeah. the talk? Yes, yeah, he. My son ended up getting the talk much earlier than I did, but it was because of an Ed Sheeran song. We were out to dinner, and uh, there's Ed Sheeran has this song about something like, "Now my bed sheets smell like you," or something like that." Mm. And uh, my son says to me and my wife, he goes, "You know what he's talking about, right? <laughs> and we were like, uh, "Nobody, what do you think he's talking about?" And he made this like motion with his hands that uh, suggested he was a little bit more aware of mm. how some things worked, but he was also very clearly confused as to what was happening. So it was like, a, okay, I think we're going to have this talk right now.
4: Did he make a movement sort of like the bulldog humping my leg did uh. on Memorial Day?
5: <laughs> That's also a Ed Sheeran song. Yes. It's a, yeah. a B-side. Yeah. Bulldog humping my leg. Yes. the a B-side. Yeah. I love that. I love the live version yes, of that. acoustic.
4: How about we take a break? We apologize for the last 15 minutes here. Uh, We'll head down to uh, the SEC meetings. (laughs) Is everybody going to play nice? Everything okay? Everybody moving on? Gosh, I hope not. Uh, We'll be back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. M-Drive, you got to have energy every single day. To do this for three hours, this is a young man's game. M-Drive has you covered. Supplements for driven guys designed to increase energy, strength, and drive. I take... M-Drive, I've done so for almost two years now. You're going to find it at Walgreens, Rite Aid, and Vitamin Shop. You want to slim down for the summer? They have something for you, new weight loss bundle. M-Drive's weight loss bundle is made to help you lose weight with ingredients backed by science. It features M-Drive lean, delicious, 100-calorie protein powder, clinically tested morrisil, that uh, helps weight loss and supports muscle growth. M-Drive Boost and Burn, a capsule that combines fat-burning ingredients with T-Support. So kick start the summer with M-Drive's weight loss bundle online at mdrivedan.com. An automatic 10% savings. You got free shipping. Free shaker bottle as well. If you don't love it after 60 days, money back guaranteed. Get it at mdrivedan.com. That's mdrivedan.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is
2: And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
4: You've probably put this off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire rack has the tires that will elevate your game. Touring tires for commuting comfort. How about performance tires for sporty handling? all-terrain if you're going on and off-road adventuring. Go to TireRack.com and get started. You're not sure where to begin? I suggest the easy-to-use tire decision guide. Get a personalized tire recommendation, the right tires for how and what and where you drive. Choose from the full lineup of Continental Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They bring the tires to your home or office, and install them on-site. Go to TireRack.com Dan, see their continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to keep an eye out for the current special offers, great tires, and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com tire Dan. TireRack.com,
0: the way tire buying should be.
1: All in one app with one password. Prime Video, it's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply, Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com slash amazonprime for details.
4: More phone calls coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. I've been an innocent bystander watching what was going on in the SEC, certainly with Alabama, Texas A&M. And then we noticed that uh, they were going to have their meetings. This isn't media day. These are just meetings down in Florida. Might as well be media day. And uh, we thought we should have on uh, Mike Rodak. Mike worked. He covered the NFL. So he covered Belichick with the Patriots. And he uh, also covered the Buffalo Bills for ESPN. Now he's covering Alabama sports for AL.com. And he joins us now. Uh, Mike, what's the difference between Belichick and Sabin?
3: Ah, there's a big difference. I don't think you get very much out of Belichick. I think for Saban, you, you're going to get a lot. I think if you ask a question the wrong way, he's going to jump on you. I think if you um, you know, ask a question in a way that sort of gets him going, he's going to get going. With Belichick, it's just sort of gruff and not a whole lot happening. But Sabin's going to tell you something. He's just going to, you know, there's going to be a whole lot of theater with it.
4: I'm wondering if you could feel it, if it's tangible, that the SEC Commissioner, Greg Sankey, kind of put the uh, kibosh – on comments here. Uh, encouraged uh, coaches, you know, Lane Kiffin wasn't allowed to come on our show. You, is there a feeling at these meetings that these coaches, everybody's playing nice and nobody's going to say anything inflammatory?
3: There is. I don't think there is an official decree that they can't talk about, you know, the issue between Nick and, and Jimbo. And I think they have talked about it to some extent, but I think there is sort of a a message said that whether it was explicit or not from Greg Sankey that they needed to sort of tone it down and, and make sure that there was still some level of professionalism, as uh as Lane Kiffin described it. Essentially, he put it. You know, you, you text somebody, you might say a little bit more in the text than you're willing to say in person. So in this case, they both said a little bit more when they were alone in their own cities and on camera in, in both cases. But when they actually saw each other in the same room, in, in Lane's opinion, they they weren't willing to say quite as much. And that was really what Sankey wanted. He wanted a, a meeting that was focused more on the issues than sort of the back and forth in the, in the drama that's happened.
4: But Saban and Fisher are in the same meeting rooms?
3: They are. They are. So it's just the head coaches, the, the 14 head coaches in the SEC. There's a, a seating chart that got out yesterday where Jimbo's <laughs> actually seated with all the SEC officials and Greg Sankey and Herb Vincent and, and all those guys. And and the initial opinion of that was, OK, they wanted Jimbo to be separate. But in reality, it's just he's the chairman of that group It rotates on a, a yearly basis. And uh, there wasn't a, as big of a story there as it might have seemed yesterday.
4: All right. Let's go back a couple of weeks ago. How did this get out of hand, considering what Saban was saying and who he was saying it to, private event? And a lot of times these coaches don't realize that this does go viral eventually. You might be talking, it's a home court advantage, and then all of a sudden Fisher gets wind of this. Um, How would you describe that to somebody who's still trying to understand exactly what happened?
3: right so i was actually there that night in birmingham and it was a, a case of they only thought that the media was going to be there for 15 minutes that was the initial um ruling that was given to us and that was i think Mick saban's understanding which was why that question about nil to this room was put at the end of the speech thinking that the media would be gone by then and wouldn't <laughs> be recorded on camera it wouldn't <laughs> be a story nobody ever kicked us out and so i was there there was other reporters there, there were tv cameras there we were 20 feet away from the stage like if he didn't see four tv cameras 20 feet away from him you know i i, I doubt that he, he missed us but i don't think he thought it was going to get out the way it, it did i don't think there was some grand plan here on nick saban's part to make this a story uh, but i think once it became a story that nick saban saying texas and buying his players it, it did work into his whole argument about NIL, that he wants to get into the national discussion, which is the original purpose of NIL for players to make money off marketing deals has been lost in that now there are collectives and groups of boosters who come together and buy the rights to these players. And it essentially becomes pay for play where uh, recruits are being paid to come to schools. And that is his, his overall point I don't think it was part of some grand plan um and i think he almost looks better more that the more that jimbo talks and the more that jimbo seems like the more emotional more emotionally charged guy where where nick saban seems a little bit more grounded right now
4: yeah you know saban was it he didn't realize he was making it personal by saying that they bought all the players bought is the key word if he just said look they took advantage of a window here a loophole we need to do the same thing. And it felt like he was saying to these businessmen, hey, we got a pony up. We want to be the number one recruiting class. Well, if you're Jimbo, and he's already sensitive about the recruits they get, that you're buying players, then he goes scorched earth on Saban the person and stuff going on behind the scenes. And I thought that, I mean, I thought Jimbo Fisher looked worse out of this because I don't think Saban meant what it sounded like But Jimbo Fisher, you can't, I mean, you know that he meant what he meant when he said that about uh, Nick Saban.
3: Exactly right. It's definitely, it's a battle of semantics a little bit, because the way that Nick Saban worded it, that that Texas A&M bought their players does accuse them of directly paying their players, which is not really what he was trying to say. He was trying to say that there's collectives of boosters that on the side pay these players, which is legal, the way that the, the rules and the laws are written right now, that's perfectly fine. And that's been Nick Saban's point is that he's not accusing them of doing something wrong. He's more accusing them of doing something that would violate the spirit of the rules and the spirit of what NIL is. But when Jimbo Fisher comes out and says, there's an interview he did separately with the San Antonio TV station where they asked him, why are you so good at NIL? And he says, we're not, I don't know if anybody truly believes him on that. And I think the whole <laughs> argument that we don't know about NIL, we don't know what collectives are, I don't know if anybody's truly buying that. And, and just to claim ignorance, I agree, it does make him look worse in a situation.
4: Okay, I give you two questions for Jimbo Fisher. He has to answer. What do you ask?
3: Well, I think, first of all, he, he threw out a lot of accusations about Nick Saban um, and his, what his former assistants might know. We've asked a few of them, you know, Billy Napier from Florida and, and Kirby Smart, and, and they sort of dodged a the question and didn't say it one way or the other. But I think Jimbo Fisher needs to sort of move forward with that accusation or either pull it back. He, he's kind of stuck in the middle right now where he's he's made very vague accusations but hasn't really put any um, meat on them. So that's one of the questions. And, and number two, I think it's just the idea of, are you truly claiming that these collectives don't exist or you don't know about these collectives? You have no knowledge of that. I I think, again, nobody believes that. And I think at some point there needs to be an acknowledgement that these things do exist and yes, they are legal underneath the the current framework. And that's fine. I think if you're Texas A&M, you want to send a signal to the rest of college football that you pay well, and that you're (laughs) doing these things right. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that in the current day and age.
4: But do you see where the end, well, I don't even know if the NCAA can do this. But let's say the SEC. Does Greg Sankey say to those coaches or uh, administrators, this is what we need to do, that, that you know, we have to have guidelines with name, image, and likeness? Would Sankey approach I that? Think-
3: Yeah, I I think they they can try. But ultimately, and this is why Greg Sankey went to Capitol Hill. I mean, it needs to be something on a a bigger scale than just the SEC. The SEC can't really make a a rule themselves that would carry water legally, which is the biggest problem. That's that there's antitrust laws on the federal level that led to these lawsuits that led to the Supreme Court ruling that if they try to make these rules that are more restrictive and um, create some sort of guardrails, as everybody likes to say, but NIL, They're opening themselves up to a lawsuit and there's very rich, powerful people with very rich, powerful lawyers who will sue the NCAA or the SEC, whoever it is. And so it needs to be done on a a federal level. And that's been Nick Saban's message. That's been Craig Sankey's message. And I don't know if there's anything that they can walk out of this week um, with any new sort of NIL rules or legislation to fix this.
4: What's the end game here for the SEC?
3: Well, I think long-term, if you're talking 5, 10, 15 years down the road, I mean, I think it's a professional league, essentially, where you have contracts. And there has been talk about that this week, where coaches want transparency, they want contracts, they want an agreement, like there is in professional sports in the NFL. And essentially, where players are not just paid for NIL and their name, image, and likeness, they're paid salaried. And it's more out in the open. It's more transparent as you, know, you can look up anybody's contract in the NFL. I think coaches want to be able to look up and see what players are making across college football. And I think that's ultimately where the league will go is where players are paid. And it becomes more of a, a pro league that players have the option to go to school, essentially, which is what it's been all along. But it's more authentic to what actually college football is right now.
4: Great stuff, Mike. Good to check in with you and I hope you're having fun down there.
3: Yeah, it's in the basement of a hotel. I think there's a rumor that there's a beach out there somewhere, so I'll have to look into it.
4: <laughs> Thank you, Mike. You got it. Thank you. That's Mike Rodak. He is uh, covering Alabama for uh, AL.com, the Alabama media group there. Never a dull moment. He might be on the short list of uh, reporters who've been yelled at by Belichick and Nick Saban, if he has been yelled at by. But You know what? Belichick doesn't yell at you. He just... Like the, the less words you get, maybe the more aggravated he is with you. I uh, uh, already talked about that. Whereas Sabin, it feels like you can you can get him going. And when you get him going, that's when he starts the banger on the podium thing. <laughs> that's when they have the soda bottle up there and the soda bottle is it's almost like Jurassic Park, you know, where you're seeing it and then the you know the fluid is moving around there <laughs> a little bit. That's the feeling I always get. Uh, some phone calls here. Omar in Toronto. Omar, how are you, buddy?
9: Hey, Dan, how are you doing? Great. Great. Good, good. Question for you. What are your thoughts on um, potentially trading Zion Williamson if he can get a decent package in return? You're not sure if he's healthy. Pelicans have a decent core with JV, Ingram, and CJ now. So what are your thoughts on that?
4: Well, I just don't know what... I've had this feeling for a long time with New Orleans, and that is that Zion won't be there for his second contract. I hope he is because, you know, New Orleans has lost their players, Chris Paul, Anthony Davis. You hope that that he stays there. It's a a really good nucleus there. But they might not give him a choice. If they go, well, we're sort of all in on you. Uh, I want to see him play one more year. That's all. Just give me 60 games. That's all. I mean, if you want to play 70, that's great. But it's like I said with Baker Mayfield, even before he got injured, I want to see one more year. Kyler Murray, I'd like to see one more year. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. It doesn't mean I don't have confidence in you, but if I'm going to give you $200 million, I, it, it's like if you're going to buy a really expensive car. Never driven it, but you're going to drive it, and it's really expensive. And then all of a sudden you go, uh, there's some issues with this. Or I didn't know that. You have a really expensive automobile here. And you've taken for a test drive. But, you know, it broke down a couple of times. I, there's no upside to signing you early. Right? If they signed Baker Mayfield, then you don't get to Sean Watson. Is Kyler Murray going to be consistent enough to give you another good year? He didn't do well in the playoffs. Uh, it it feels like there's a maturity issue, concern there with Kyler Murray. And factor this in. If you're 23, 24, 25, and somebody's giving you $200, 250000000 million. I have a daughter. She's 23. I have a hard time giving her a credit card. So... I mean, you got to look at, at, and they're kids. They're young. And Charles Barkley talked about this. Man, if they give you $250 million, what is your motivation? Do you want to be great? I, I don't, you know, if they would tell you they want to be, but I don't know if they would actually go out and prove it. And there, were, there was a, a period of time in the NBA where guys were so great in the final year of their deal. Then they would get their deal, and then they would just sort of come back to earth. But then that final year of the next contract, they'd be like, man, I'm balling. And then you're like, Uh, OK, I would not want to extend him right now. He needs to prove to me not the other way around. Hey, you need to show me that you love me, my client. No, you need to stay healthy and then we'll show you how much we love you. This is a business. Bottom line, don't let feelings get in the way. Uh, Jimmy in Chicago. Hi, Jimmy. What's on your mind?
8: What's up, Dan? Hi, bud. Do you think if LeBron finishes his career with the Lakers and 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 he doesn't win another ring, do you think they retire his jersey, assuming that Cleveland and Miami does that as well? He would be the first player to have his three jerseys retired. And uh, real quick, there is a song by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Uh, It's called The Dripping Tap. It's 18 minutes of pure rock and roll. It's amazing. It's got, like, some Zeppelin feel to it. Definitely check that out. Thank you, Jimmy.
4: Jimmy World. Uh, going back on tour, I think, by the way.
6: Coming through the area too. Oh, they are? Yeah, yeah. I think oh, they're playing okay. New Haven. I, I don't know. Would, if
4: I'm the Lakers, would I retire LeBron's jersey? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean it's a little early for the discussion, but if let's say he has two more years, make the playoffs, but don't get past the second round. That's it. He got the one title. I mean, Paul Gasol deserves his jersey retired more than LeBron. I think there would be a few names on that list that would be in front of uh, LeBron. A couple more phone calls. Uh, Baker in Montana. Hi, Baker. What's on your mind?
9: BP, BP, it's always a privilege to speak with you, sir. Thank you, Baker. Um, you, were talk- you were talking about Letterman earlier, and it brought to mind a story I wanted to share with you because it's, always- it's also um, sports-related. So this was 2008, and um, I was actually going to be able to be in the audience with a client of mine. <clears throat> and uh, the way Letterman used to do it, he um, for the Friday episodes, he filmed those on Monday. So what they would do, they would record two episodes on Monday with the second one airing on Friday. And so what had just, so I was there for what would be the Friday episodes. So I was there for the second Monday. The, um, over the weekend, the story had broken about the David Ortiz jersey having been buried in Yankee Stadium by some concrete worker that was looking to put a hex on the Yankees, if you recall. Yes. So um, as we were walking in, the handler said, if anybody has a question for Dave, be thinking about that, he might answer a question. So Dave runs out and you know, talks to the audience before the show starts. Anybody have a question? I raised my hand, and uh, I said, Dave, my question for you is, over the weekend, the story broke about David Ortiz's jersey being found in, in the Yankee Stadium. My question is, what do you have buried in the New Yankee Stadium? And <laughs> the audience Laughed, and Dave started laughing, and he said, Jeff, that's a good question. And he turned to Paul, and he said, Paul, what do I have buried in the new Yankee Stadium? And Paul kind of jokes, ah, I study your dentures. And then the crowd, like, really laughs. And, and so Dave said, thanks for the question, Jeff. He runs out, and then the show starts. And his opening joke is, yeah, the um, Pope Benedict arrived into New York tonight, and uh, to, to reach out to the Jewish community, he came out wearing a big, pointy yarmulke. And the crowd kind of laughed a little bit, and then he says, and then he buried it in the new Yankee Stadium and the camera zoomed in on me you know like that inside joke from the from the crowd so i was a part of that all
4: right well thank you baker or is it jeff not sure yes eden
6: i was wondering when baker was going to come into the story that was dominated by jeff Jeff, and then it was baker um let's take a break how about that how about that
5: yeah feel like we just did yeah
4: There are probably a few members of the audience who took a break before we take a break. <laughs> this day in sports history, what we learn, what's in store tomorrow, all that coming up. I rushed out of here after the show yesterday. Yeah, you're
5: in a big old hurry.
4: Yeah, Paulie goes, where are you going? I go, I'm uh, going to sleep number. He goes, why? New bedtime? And I said, well, I was going to check out everything they have. Which They'll... means nap at the store. Well, I would love to, but uh, I thought that might probably <laughs> be awkward for Chris, the manager, All who right. was there. So I went in there and I wanted to see the sleep numbers set up there. I, of course, knew everything about it. You know, They have a 30-day sleep wellness program that's shown to improve your uh, sleep quality, change your sleeping habits uh, for the better. They got a program there. They have a lot of helpful hints on getting a great night's sleep. So first of I say go in and just check out the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Start there. But people say, well, why choose proven quality sleep from Sleep Number? And I say, because every great day starts the night before. It's time for Sleep Numbers. Memorial Day Sale. save $1,000 on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Clean mattresses starting just under $2,000 for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores. SleepNumber.com slash Patrick. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock
0: app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask?
4: Choose from the full lineup of Goodyear tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They bring the tires to your home or office and install them on site. Go to TireRack.com slash Dan. See their Goodyear test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to keep an eye out for the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Dan. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
1: All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
4: Last call for phone calls. What we learned and what's in store tomorrow. Reggie Miller will be on the program coming up tomorrow. 877-3DP show. Uh, Ryan in Honolulu is with us.
7: Hi, Ryan. Hello, Dan. What do you have uh, for me? I have some sports names in a flamerick But first of all uh, Marvin's middle name is Terrell That's a good name I have a confession to make And uh, I understand If you never want to hear from me again But my middle name is literally Jeff with a G G-E-O-F-F oh, Ryan G-Off
5: Ryan right. explains a lot yeah. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. Um, no wonder like Paulie doesn't like you. I, I, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I just prefer when
7: he's not around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have a Lamerick for me? Uh, well, I've got uh, Memorial Day, respectful Memorial Day sports names or a Flamerick. So dealer's choice. Flamerick. Flamerick. All right, let's go. It's about uh, the live tour. It's a hot topic playing with the Saudis. The PGA fans are getting rowdies. Oh, Phil Mickelson, you're in a pickle, son. Phil's going nuts, so grab on the Ds. (laughs) Not bad. All right, Ryan. Well done.
4: That one hurt, Todd.
7: It stung a little bit. Stung, I felt it.
4: Yeah. Uh, Kurt in Washington. Hi, Kurt. What's on your mind?
8: Hey, how are you today? Great, Kurt. Yeah, yeah, first time, long time. Six two one eighty two. Hand size nine and a quarter. Okay. I am a elementary PE teacher, and tomorrow is the day for the fifth and sixth grade talk. <laughs> Are you giving the talk? And I, along with my principal, uh, since you have to have two adults, will be giving the talk to the boys.
4: Do you take questions?
8: We do. What's the we most call it growth? What's... We call it human growth and development.
4: Uh, you're not kidding. Uh, what's what's the most awkward moment you've had in having the talk with these
8: students? Uh, these first uh, the, the couple days leading up to it are pretty nervous for me. <laughs> Um, no, I, I, it, they have some really good conversations. They have really good questions. Some can get pretty awkward. Um, we, uh, I, having seen all the kids all year, being a PE teacher, I see them twice a week all all year. Um, when I see that kid's hand go up, that can be one of the most, uh, nerve wracking awkward times. Yeah. Cause I know that kid's going to ask the question or a question and, <laughs> You have those kids in the class every once in a while, and when you see that kid's hand go up, you're like, "Oh gosh, what's going to happen? What's he going to say?"
4: Well, good luck, Kurt. Good luck. <laughs> Thank we're, you. We're all counting on you. Uh, the PJ statement has PJ Tour. They said they were going to have one, and uh, let's see, as communicated to our entire membership on May 10th, PJ Tour members have not been authorized to participate in the Saudi Golf League's London event under PGA tournament regulations. Members who violate the tournament regulations are subject to disciplinary action. No, that doesn't mean anything. You're subject to it. Uh, That doesn't mean it's going to happen. And what are the disciplinary actions here? Yeah, well, that... That's a statement that wasn't worth the weight. Let's put it that way. All of a sudden, Richard Bland is like, "Oh crap!" Yeah. Now I'm going to get disciplined. Oliver Becker is worried. Uh, Michael in Austin. Hi, Michael. What's on your mind?
7: I'm actually in Meridian, Mississippi. Pumping gas. I have a. I have a, a kind of a question that that you guys might be able to answer. I'm driving two dogs and a vehicle to New Jersey and a car behind me. And my wife is driving three dogs and a car to uh, Narragansett, Rhode Island. The car with two dogs going to New Jersey belongs to a hall of fame baseball player from Houston. Who is that? And before you answer, I have a different take on the Jumbo Fisher. Uh, you know, I spent a lot of time with Coach Royal and Coach Brown. Well, it's it's Audie it's Carino. Jimbo.
4: It's it's Jimbo Fisher, right? Not Jumbo.
7: I, I, I'm just saying. I think they've always been a stepchild. You know, what and and they're really ticked off about Texas. Well, they might uh, be, but you
4: know, you go back to Jackie Sherrill. I mean, Texas A&M has been under the uh, microscope of. Doing things differently than other schools, other programs. Uh, I didn't get around. I think we might have hung up on him. I don't know the uh, Houston Hall of Famer. one Ryan? Driving dogs to New Jersey. and I, I'm sorry I didn't follow that as much as I, I should have. Well, keep an eye on that story. Uh, Paulie, this day in sports history.
5: They're all gone. They were gone earlier, and then Fritzy took the rest of mine early in the break. So wait, I'm going to go this day in movie history.
4: Wait, so the uh, the John Madden video game came out this day in 1988?
5: Yeah. Okay. We hit that. There's other ones here. Yeah, they're boring. How about this? No, no I got one for you. Okay.
4: This guy pinch hit for shortstop Pee Wee back in 1925. Why is that important? Pee-wee Wanninger. It was Lou Gehrig. His first appearance, the first of 2,130 consecutive games. That's pretty good. Yeah, but is that significant? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nolan Ryan, fourth career no-hitter this day. Overrated. Overrated. What? Reggie Miller, 25 points in the fourth quarter, leading the Pacers to the win over the Knicks. Johan Santana on this day, no hitter. The first in Mets history.
5: Yeah, Paul? I got a big question here. What, what happened to Wally Pipp? Remember Wally Pipp? If you got Wally Pipp, that means you were out of the lineup and then uh, Lou Gehrig took over?
4: Well, he you pinch get- hit for the shortstop in the eighth inning. I guess the next day is when he started playing first base and Wally Pipp got pipped.
5: So you should get when
4: injured. Mm. I got
5: I got uh the manager of the Yankees in nineteen twenty five, Huggins benched M- starting, Miller Huggins. Uh, benched uh starting shortstop Everett Scott and replaced him with Pee Wee Weninger.
6: Yeah. Huh. Who would have thought? You know what kept Wally Pip out of the game? A headache. <sighs> oh Dang, Wally. Headache, bro. Soft. Soft. Oh,
4: Pipster. Uh Todd, what'd you learn today?
7: Ryan in Honolulu's middle name is Geoff. off What?
4: Uh, Seton. <laughs> you and Adam Lefko are forever tied. Yes, we are. Marv. You pretended to give the talk to your son. Yes, I did. Polly.
5: Ed Letterman's story. Oof, uh.
4: Yeah, what we learned. Brought to you by Discover. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. That's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year automatically. Discover exceptionally common sense. Learn more. Discover.com slash match limitations apply. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you tomorrow. One more item as we close out this show on the Wednesday. Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. And uh, we invite you to check out their NFT marketplace at PaniniAmerica.net slash blockchain for one-of-a-kind digital cards now. They're available in packs. Or Panini has public auctions on the site. Hottest rookies, biggest superstars, the all-time greats. You got the official products from the NFL and the NBA, UFC, French Soccer League. So you know you're getting the best. Panini has some great NFT packs for you to rip while you're watching the games. Try some NFT challenges, earn exclusive award cards, and find your favorite players. Or list your NFTs in the Panini Marketplace. Panini NFT trading cards give collectors the opportunity to pull autograph cards, memorabilia Cards rare inserts from every base pack. In honor of the playoffs, look out for Panini's latest NFT release at PaniniAmerica.net slash blockchain. Panini America, the official trading cards and
0: NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show.
2: Terms and conditions apply. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
8: This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust Exclusions apply.
4: Owning a Mercedes-Benz EV isn't just extraordinary. It's extra easy. With full remote access to your vehicle from your phone via the Mercedes Me Connect app, the vehicles are all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. The choice is all yours. Learn more. mbusa.com slash EQ.